Let's go. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It is uh, Sunday, April tw- uh, 26. We reverse roles. This is no agenda. And hopefully not fortunes. Coming to you from the uh, lovely Gitmo Nation West, or should I say Northwest, in uh, San Francisco. I'm Adam Curry. And I'm John C. Dvorak. And come, who well, else? I blew it, right? From <laughs> Gitmo Nation East. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. We'll get it later. <laughs> All right, officially the shittiest start See, of the this show is what you ever. For giving me crap before we started. Oh, hold on, you're overmodulating now. You got to turn it down. You're you're like blowing me out here. Okay, well here, t- give me your. How's that sound? Is that better? No, now now you're too soft. Oh, man, you're just going to complain the whole time. Okay, look, I'll turn you up here. Okay, this is uh, No Agenda episode 92, um, discombobulated, because not only have we reversed locations, we've reversed time zones. Uh, I, I'm really not a morning person, John, when it comes to <laughs> comes to doing any kind of show. It's, uh, it's early for me. Yeah, well, it's uh, something like 4.30 here in the afternoon. I'm in Holland uh, Gitmo Nation East version. Yeah. And it's not bad. It's nice out. It's raining a little bit earlier. So uh, this is your... Hey, by the trip. way, I, first thing I did when I got here, we went out and looked at that giant lock, that big giant dam they built in Rotterdam that, that closes the ocean. Yeah. Have you ever seen that? Yes. Of course. Well, yeah? Yeah, but it's, it's, you know, for in us it's person? no... Yes. My wife is from Rotterdam. I, I do go there from time to time. I. It took us forever to find the thing. Yes. And, and did you see it in motion? Probably, right? No. They only close it once a year when they have to. No. They close it all the time. Well, it's not, it wasn't closed and they weren't moving it. Okay. All right. So, uh, John, you're in Amsterdam. I'm in San Francisco. I happen to be in a hotel um uh, for this trip, and uh, it's a real shithole, which is kind of interesting. Um, so uh, the setup is different. Uh, everything is a little bit messed up. Yeah, but, but the stream sounds pretty good. Yeah, stream sounds reasonable. So tell me about your... Uh, how long has it been since you've been in Amsterdam? It's been, what, 20, 25 years maybe, last time you were there? I was there two years ago. <laughs> That's what I mean, 20, 25 years ago. <laughs> Well, since they closed the smart shops, it might seem that way to you. Well, the, no, no, no. The smart the smart shops uh, only sold um, mushrooms and and other stuff. Nothing that I was interested in. Mm. So where are you now? You're not in a hotel. No, I'm at Yan Allen's house. Okay, and he's part of your little excursion. Yeah, he's the excursion. Mm-hmm. Well, there's only one thing in the news here, John. It's going to be a short show if you can't come up with more than one crummy thing. <laughs> well, we can talk about this one for quite a while. This uh, swine flu is the uh, is top of the yeah. news. Every I've got people calling me from Europe saying, "Oh man, are you okay? Is it going to be all right?" You know, because of course I also have I had I came with a cold. Uh, I had a pretty massive head cold, which it could be swine flu for all I know. But uh, you know, and I've been hawking and coughing and sneezing and wheezing, and people are like, "Hey, man, you know, there's a clinic really nearby the hotel. I can drop you off there. You can have them take a look at you." Everyone is freaking out, John. Uh, my wife in Washington State is worried. 
because she's coming down and she's going to meet up with her friend who happens to have just come up from Mexico. Yeah, I'd keep that person away from me. <laughs> uh, it, I mean, she wasn't in Mexico City. The, the, whole, flu- the whole thing what? is, I think the whole thing is, uh, is horseshit, honestly. I'm not buying any of it. You don't think there's any swine flu going on at yeah. all? There's oh yeah, oh, I'm sh- no, I'm sure there's swine flu, and I'm sure it's uh, it's it's derived from bird flu or whatever. But people don't, you know, in, people don't seem to be dying in the states. They seem to only, only if you're Mexican do you die. So I'm not worried. Well, maybe it's a targeted genetic experiment. I think it's a beta test. I think this is a. Uh, I think it's uh, well. There's a couple of there's a couple of interesting articles that I've been uh, I've been collecting. Uh, there was a, a Spanish article. Let me see if I can uh, find this. That actually spoke of a uh, a test that they were planning a test on April seventeenth. Let me see if I can find it now. Um, so some people think this is uh, um, just a uh, kind of a, a get ready. I mean, to me, it seems pretty clear that. Uh, They've been trying it for a while, and the bird flu thing just didn't work. <laughs> Swine flu things seem to work a little bit better, and now everyone's going to get some pills. Let's all break out the Relenza and the Tamiflu. So what's the uh, what was this thing you read in the Spanish uh, newspaper? Yeah, I'm looking for it. Um, as I said, I'm a little slow this morning. Mm. Well, while I'm looking for that, I do have... Uh, Interesting bit from uh, Bloomberg. Apparently, Panasonic in February, February eighteenth, sent all uh, sent all of their workers home from uh, from different uh, outposts in the world as a warning, saying that there was probably some kind of pandemic flu coming. Here it is, uh, February tenth. I'm sorry. Uh, Panasonic has instructed Japanese workers assigned to parts of Asia, Africa, Eastern Europe, and South America to send family members back to Japan because of the risk of outbreaks of new influenza strains. How they know that in February? That's weird. Did no. they keep? Have, have they gone back, or they're still in Japan now? It's a very. It's just a very short, uh, short notice that I just found on uh, on Bloomberg, and uh, it's only two paragraphs. The Osaka-based electronics maker has asked. Workers' families to return home by the end of September. What is that? By the end of September. September That's for next year, Blue. Hmm. Interesting. Well, so. So, Yeah, you're right. That means they're gearing up. They got it all ready to go. They're going to give us a flu, a vaccine for four flus, and then they're going to have the fifth one they're going to release, and they're going to kill everyone. (laughs) Not everyone. It's only, it's only going to no, of course not. It's only going to kill people over sixty <laughs> and under uh, and under fifteen. Well, you know the swine flu that's going around is a, is has a has a range. It has a kill range between twenty five and forty five. Not nobody younger or older. It's like it's hitting a middle group. Yeah, but see, I, I just don't, I just don't buy it at all. I mean. I don't. It just it, it well, feels. Well, one wonky. case, you know, as we were flying out, one case cropped up in New York City. Well, yeah, there was a school. The uh, a school closed down because there were kids who were uh, showing uh, influenza symptoms, and so they oh, everyone's freaking out. I I just think that it's it's one big big piece of bull crap. And and you know, how do we actually know that that sixty people died in Mexico? Uh, well, 
nobody's going to actually be reporting on such things, so I guess we're just taking somebody's word for it. Exactly. Maybe they're looking for sympathy. Wales now in uh, the United Kingdom has uh, pulled out all the stops, big alert, saying uh, we're preparing. Because, of course, Wales is, uh, they see themselves separate from the United Kingdom. You know, they have their own uh, Gaelic language and and they have their own little uh, little enclave there. And uh, I guess they have their own uh, their own setup. And they're getting ready for the pandemic pandemic flu, according to the uh, top police chief, the uh, National Health Service, the assembly, local government. Ah, they haven't have they even have a name for it. They call it Exercise Talizen, which I don't know. So they got a Gaelic name. They came up with some new Wales <laughs> name. Yeah, T A L I E S I N Talizen. So I have my I have my Tamiflu in the suitcase, which I carry with me wherever I travel. So I'm ready. It still works apparently on this new flu. And uh, I'm telling you, you should either travel with some Relenza or some Tamiflu. Well, I keep telling everybody this. I'm not going to get either one. Uh, yeah, I know you're not. I'm just saying. I'm advising it so when you get to whatever it is, and then moan and groan about it, you know, as you come to the near death experience, I, I'm just going to say, you know, was it worth it? <laughs> So here, so here's the things that uh, the dots that people are connecting, which I just love. Um, so on the last no agenda, we talked very sp- specifically about uh, Monsanto um, uh, being kicked out of uh, uh, Germany with their uh, genetically modified pigs, and so of course there's immediate theories: either a the uh, the swine flu propagates through non-Monsanto pigs, which I thought was a pretty good one, i.e., hey, man, you can't have these uh, these swine flu uh, pigs. you got to have our pigs, the healthy kind. That's a good one. That's or, a cla- it's, it's a classic. classic, isn't it? Yeah, I like that. Or, of course, you know, these uh, these genetically modified pigs are the ones that actually are, are the problem. But uh, from the way I see it, you know, John, how long have we been talking about, about the, the pandemic um, you know, probably coming from uh, from bird flu, and, and and you know we've seen the the attempts to try and spread it amongst the population, and now here it is. You know, it it literally it's an H an HN flu, except it's you know it's the H one N one flu. Yeah, but H one N one was bird flu. That's the thing that I haven't had an explanation for. How do we have the H one N one bird flu, and now we have the H one N one swine flu? I mean, am I missing something here? Well, I'm uh, pulling up another report here uh, of a medical director who uh, who says that this could have only been created in a laboratory. That this uh, that's know, our man. <laughs> it's yeah. Well, it comes from uh, Infowars.com, so <laughs> it's not oh, via yeah, Alex great. Jones. Well, ah, that. No, he's got a lot of good links here. Uh, but of course, you know how you know how, how does bird flu get into pigs? You know, and 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 how does that work? But um, here it is. Uh, NPR NPR reported the deadly swine flu combines genetic material from pigs, birds, and humans in a way researchers have not seen before, leading researchers to suspect it was cooked up in a lab. There you go. It's doable. I mean, it, it seems to me as though if they had that vaccine that they sent out that we, you kept talking about mm-hmm. that had the bird flu in it by accident, yeah. that... If that got into some people, that would create a, a, a probably a fourth variation that would be similar to cooking it up in a lab. 
So I'm, uh, I, you know, I, I don't know. I'm just, uh, I guess somebody's, you know, I think they're just trying to move some product here. You know, they're, they're, here's a, here's a, here's a thought. You know, Tamiflu, uh, you, you, they, there used to be a couple of things called, I think it was Flumidine and a couple of these other things. There were two variants, uh, I can't remember the exact chemical names, but there were these two anti, antivirals that were used before Tamiflu, and they worked on the flu very well. And then about three years ago, uh, they just stopped working, and they don't work at all, and so they just took them off the market. And uh, these are the two, amanadine something and something, there's two of them. And so they took these things off the market, and then Tamiflu came along, and along with Relenza, and uh, that took over, and they're more expensive because the other stuff was kind of a generic, and so they were cheaper, and the Tamiflu is expensive. When it's anybody out there who wants to get a Tamiflu prescription, and they, and they, by the way, the insurance companies, as of about a year and a half ago, will not pay for this. Really? Really? Yeah, because yeah. I went into my pharmacist, and I got... I because I loaded up the family, so everybody in the family has one <laughs> batch of Tamiflu. Wait a minute. So the the Dvorak family, they, where they have like a little pill box that they carry with them everywhere, and they're all set. Yeah, yeah. That's it. And now, wait a minute. Can I ask you a question? If what? you're if you're truly my friend, now I gave you some gold to carry around. How come you didn't hook me up with some Tamiflu? Like you don't give a shit if I if I die. Did you listen to the beginning of the show? Yeah, but you didn't hook me up with any. Like now, I have to. You, you keep saying I will never use this stuff. Yeah, but it's still about the love, brotherly, oh, brotherly love. You're just now you're for you. What it is is your memory is going. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to the. Uh, I'm going to go to the to the clinic, the one that everyone wants to, wants me to go to, and I'm going to I'm going to say, get me a uh, a Tammy flu prescription, and that will show us a if it's available. And if the if they're even handing it out, I mean, I'm sure there's gonna there's gonna be some kind of rules or regulations put in pretty quick about this stuff. So why don't I do that tomorrow? Okay, uh, and when you do it, test. And, yeah. and tell him, and they says, "Well, I don't think you have the flu, Mister Curry. Mm-hmm. Uh, why don't you say to him, well, look, if that may or may not be true, I won't use it now, but I need it as a prophylactic. Give me a prescription. <laughs> Seriously, they're supposed to give it to you as a prophylactic. How can Tamiflu be a prophylactic? You would take it in case you thought you were getting the flu or if you're going into some area where there's a flu or something like that. Just see what they do. Okay. Anyway, so where was I? Oh, okay. So they, these other things, uh, these amanadine and these other antivirals just stopped. It was about two years ago, two flu seasons ago or so. And, they, and it baffles everybody because it's like, why does this stuff stop working? And I mean, it stopped dead. It doesn't do anything. So then Tamiflu, which is a more expensive product, $100.00. Um, a, a dose, not a pill, but but for one regimen, it's five days. You take, I think, you take it four times a day or three times a day, five for five days. Um, is extremely expensive, and now it turns out that there's some evidence that Tamiflu is going is stopping working on certain like some of the strains that they have in the flu shot, which means, you know, what now? <laughs> so, so my so here, wait, wait, let me finish the thought. So the thought is, if they think Tamiflu is going to stop working, they're going to have to dump their stocks while it still does work. So let's create some so, so, some phony flu uh, scenario right, so and can, get, so rid, of get this, rid of it. Right, right. Get it out of inventory. How's that? Is that good enough for you? I like you know the thing is is we're both kind of on the same side on this issue. So there's really not a lot to discuss. Someone's screwing with us big time. End of story. It's just it's it's just dumb. 
I just can't okay. believe it. Well, anyway, I'm uh, I'm all I'm seeing is reports about you can get a scratchy throat, you know, a headache, maybe diarrhea, maybe vomiting, but it seems like you know a flu, you know, and it's just the way that's been been jacked up, and and it's incredible how how this has gone so you know uh, pun intended viral where i'm getting calls all night long from people saying oh man are you okay and are they going to let you back into the united kingdom if you come from california like <laughs> i don't know i think so don't maybe maybe you're stuck uh, while you're over there in uh, in the netherlands you might want to talk to your um to your hosts about this i had not heard of this until i read it in uh in the Spiegel uh, magazine, apparently they're using a, um, they call it the mosquito, but it's a teen repellent system uh, throughout the Netherlands, in, in uh, actually in Rotterdam, out Charlois. Did you say teen? Yes, teen, as in teenagers, a teen repellent. What it is, it's a device that uh, you can, uh, so wherever kids are loitering, and apparently, so this is now in use in uh, in Rotterdam, or a a, 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 um, a suburb of uh, Rotterdam, you hang this device up, and it, it emits an extremely annoying sound, but at a frequency that apparently can only be heard by people under the age of 25. So that's got to oh, be... Oh, that's the... Uh, yeah, right. They can hear stuff that we that adults can't hear, but I, that, there's devices being used in Holland? Yeah. Have you heard of this? And... Um, so he says, "Yeah, he's heard of it." I I hadn't heard of it, and I'm like, "This is amazing! This is like super Gitmo Nation stuff, man! You get like a so they like hang a, some like some a ray, a beam, like a, a like, <laughs> yeah. and and it, it drives it, the kids away. Yeah, and it gives <laughs> the, it gives the kids headaches, and they're like, oh, man, I don't, I don't want to be near that thing.' And so, of course, what they're doing is they're hanging these things outside of places where they don't want kids loitering. So what do the kids do is they go inside the establishment to loiter on the inside. <laughs> so it's totally backfiring. But this is obviously raising, uh, you know, human rights issues because, you know, it's, it's an outrage. You're hanging up shit to repel people. That's, like, that's not right. Teen repellent. You got to go and find this, man. You're getting me thinking this is not a bad idea. <laughs> Get off my lawn, kids, or I'll turn on the mosquito. <laughs> you know, I drive around with my daughter is 14, and she and I, I I get some new brakes on the car, and apparently to her they squeak. And you can't hear and them, right? I can't hear them, and I mean, I mean, you can get them to squeak by doing certain things. But she's claiming that the, whenever I touch the brake pedal, it's just this gosh awful sound of screeching brakes. You see, and I, and I, so I don't know. Well, I, I like this whole technology because if there's one thing that's amazing, it's the fact that there's a device that makes teenagers listen to anything. So why can't I get a hold of one of these devices and uh, and send out messages like uh, "Clean up your room." Take out the trash. <laughs> do the laundry. We need one of these devices. That's perfect for teenagers. So uh, that's pretty funny. I, uh, did you look it up? Try to find out if you if you can buy the thing or buy these devices. I mean, it must be available. No, I haven't. On, I, I haven't. I haven't done the research. Uh, it's uh, you know, I I kind of got confused because I forgot that you know if I have to get up at uh, six thirty to set up for the show. A.M. that uh, I wouldn't really have much time or uh, or consciousness to, st to to prep properly. 
Yeah, uh, well, I figured that would be the case. Well, then we can go to a couple of the gimmick. Uh, why don't you play the real news theme here, and we'll go to one of my clips. Yeah, sure. I do have some other things that are interesting, but yes, now that you ask for and it. And now, back to real news. All right. Yes, you had some clips you wanted to play. Okay, I got the clip. Uh, I was watching the Adult Video Awards, which is one of the worst things you've ever seen. Because it's like everybody in the audience is making out, usually <laughs> two women, and they're feeling each other up, and, they, and then there's a bunch of sleaze balls. It's just unbelievable. It's fantastic. Of, <laughs> yeah, it is actually. There's something fantastic about it. But, you know, only could, they're like watching a train wreck. So I watched this woman win the Best New Actress Award, and I think she has one of the most interesting thank you speeches probably ever given on any award show. And so the clip is, which is the Stoya clip, the woman's okay. name is got a single name stoya okay and she is a um, she's a she's introduced by some dingy blonde who won it last year and she's kind of a goofball all right and then stoya stoya gives her thanks and i i, I clipped it down so it's pretty short and it's, it's 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 actually a classic wow i can't believe that it's been a whole year since i was up here to accept this award it was truly one of the greatest experiences of my life. And now I'm very pleased to have you all join me in seeing who this year's nominees are in the category of best. Do you have this on video? Uh, I think I, I might still have it. But the funny thing is, have, there's a note here I want to put in. When they have uh, nominations for awards on this show, they nominate everybody they can think of. The, the nominations well, yeah, go on of course, forever. Because they want everyone to show up. <laughs> Jack. Here we go. New Starlet. Best new Starlet. Lexi Bell, Tori Black, Chase Evans, Jalen Fox, Jaden James, Nikki. Wanna be funny? Best debutantes. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. Jane, Jamie Langford, Jandy Lynn, Megan Malone, Priya Ray, Faye Reagan, Ryder Sky, Missy Stone, Stoya. Angelina Valentine. Okay. And I'm shaking so bad for her. I feel like I'm winning all over again right now. <laughs> Stoya! Yeah, baby! Come on down, Stoya! Oh my god! Thank you. Thank you so much, um, ABN, Digital Playground, Robbie fucking D, <laughs> June, and just about each and every person that jerks off to my smile. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, you don't hear that every day. Yeah. And they had the band there, too, playing live uh, for the acceptance speech. That's a pretty big production. I like it. Oh, it's huge, huge. And the thing is packed. That's fantastic. But, you know, it's the same thing they nominate. Blah, da, 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 da. It goes on for days with these nominations. And all these people have these phoniest names ever. And, and that used to be the only reason to go to Comdex, wasn't it? When, uh, when the adult video awards were at the same time as Comdex? Yeah, they used to have the, the show at the same time as Comdex. And you'd... You drift over to the other show, you know. <laughs> oh, gee, how, how did I wind up here all of a sudden? <laughs> you, you'd go over there. And it was pretty funny because, for one thing, if you had a video camera or something, girls would just about do anything. Mm -hmm. And it was really it's quite amusing to go over there and hang out. But they moved it. So so what was the other one I have there, the other clip? Uh, you have something called Fat People Clip? 
Oh yeah. Well, this is the, well, we can save this for another real news segment, or we can do this one. I'll, this is what this is an interesting. Uh, uh, this kind of changes the direction of the show a little bit. But this is a news report that came out like a week ago. Now it and it, you know everything has to have a global warming angle. Well, so yes, now the news and this is an actual news report that was done on I think it was K I think it was either K I think it was either KPI I think it was KPIX and in San Francisco and uh, they're blaming. Sorry. sorry. No, no, I'm sorry. I I just started the clip prematurely. Oh, okay. Uh, p- play the clip. Kit Doe on why researchers say obesity is bad for the environment. Obesity and global warming, both heavy topics now linked by a new study from the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine. It says people who weigh more tend to drive more and eat more. (laughs) And all that food, it's shipped on average 1,500 miles from where it's grown to your plate. Fat people, researchers contend, are killing the planet more so than those who are thin. All right, finally something I can stand behind. Now you're talking kill the fat people. This is good. Now, now we're really in this. <laughs> the funny thing about this report, which went a lot longer, by the way, I didn't want to play the whole thing. Uh, There's a bunch of puns in throughout, throughout, because the reporter couldn't take it too seriously. And then throughout the report, all they showed was the fattest, fattest people. people imaginable. The TV guys love to show this, and you know you never see their heads. It's just either a shot of their big their butt ass, yeah. or their big gut that's hanging over, bouncing off their knees. But what people got to realize is that this is exactly where we're headed. And yeah, we laugh about it now, but it's it's no joking matter because they literally the um, they're already doing it in the United Kingdom with the. Uh, um, with parents, you know, they, they can take your kids away from you if they're obese or if if they're deemed obese, and they're going to do it under all of these all of these new rules and regulations. You know, hey man, you're too fat. You're killing the planet. You're you're antisocial. That's antisocial behavior. We got to cite you for that. And by the way, look at this lovely camp we have all set up. Why don't you come over here and we'll train that all off of you. That camp. They can change the name. So there was a report out of England that I was looking at. It's on the blog, actually. I guess it was someone who uh, casually said uh, some mom just had a baby and she gave birth to a boy. She th- I guess they all thought it was going to be a girl. And she says to one of the nurses, oh, I was hoping it was. And for- at first she had a cesarean, so she's drugged. Yeah. And she says, well, it's too bad. Here's, here's the name of the story. Is, While woozy, w- wishing newborn was a girl, leads to mother's harassment and possible. They almost had her arrested. Oh, right, because she because oh she has postpartum depression and uh, she doesn't want no, the no, baby. No, no, wasn't. Well, they think that she, you know, they don't know what she had, but she, this, I'll just read this. Woozy from pain medication after a cesarean section swinging uh, swinging from joy to uh, over her newborn boy to exhaustion from the strain of delivering him, Karen Piper mentioned to her doctor that she'd been hoping for a girl. When nurses finally told Piper she was free to leave, no discharge papers for her son were brought out. Instead, she faced a parade of inquisitive official visitors, including uniformed police, a social worker, a psychiatrist, and assorted doctors and nurses. Her baby had been placed on medical hold. While government investigators considered whether she was fit yeah. to take Luke home to Prince George's County, what uh, what what publication was this in? Well, you can assume where it was the, from the Daily Mail. The Daily oh no, Mail? this was in the Washington Post. I, t- I take it back. Uh, well, this is in the Mail, Washington Post. Post, not the Daily Mail. But this is conditioning, John. This and, is wait, what, wait this let is me see where this was. This, this is what this may have actually been. In, 
This is this yeah, is, yeah, they're yeah. doing it now. This is what we talked about on the last show with this mom's psycho this is actually, law. This actually took place in the United States. Yeah, and this and this article is meant to condition you to get you ready for the fact that moms now have to or expectant moms have to undergo psychiatric tests and if necessary take the drugs that are prescribed otherwise you don't get a sign off that's exactly what happened here oh i'm you know you seem to be uh, depressed so uh, we're not going to sign off we're not going to release your kid before your kid is actually when it comes out of your uterus when it comes out of the womb it belongs to the government until until you can prove that you're worthy of having the kid sorry i brought it up so uh <laughs> it's just the way it is. No, I just find the whole thing distressing. Well, of course it's distressing. It's, it's fucking wrong. It was the common sense factor. There's some common sense, other common sense stories that have cropped up recently. You know, it's like, what, is these, what are these guys thinking? Now, I, well, well, you know my stance on what they're actually thinking. Yeah, I know. You consider it a giant scheme. Could you just talk for a second while I just go grab some coffee? Because it's like I, I can't quite reach with the headphones. Yeah, okay. I'll well, I, I, got a, I got an email from Mike yeah, Pelletier, which is a hard name to pronounce, actually. So, Mike, sorry I got it wrong. He <laughs> says, uh, he's talking about the, here we go again, with Portuguese linguiça. Uh, he talked about another one called Chirico, a spicier linguiça. He lives in southeastern Massachusetts, and you can find authentic Portu Portuguese linguiça and Chirico at Chavez's Market in Fall River, Massachusetts, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Made right the butcher shop. I wonder, you know, that we've got a new uh, uh, name on Twitter that called, I think it's called uh, Linguisa. And the guy is collecting all the addresses of places that maybe have Linguisa. Now, what is the deal? How does he do that? If, does he just Twitter from time to time with a new location? Or can you send a, a, a Twitter to him and he'll you send see, You send a tweet to him and then he does the rest. I oh, don't know what cool. he does. I, that's cool. We're going to make a big deal out of this. I'm going to make this the, the, the sausage du jour. <laughs> it's just a better sausage. You hear that? Yes. It's a better sausage. No, I thought you could hear the bells. No. I thought the mic was more sensitive than that. No, so I don't. Anyway. I, I don't like this mic you're using. I, I've, I'm, I'm not just not a big fan of the uh, the SM SM seven or fifty seven. Fifty seven. Yeah, not a big fan of it. It sounds no? kind of no. It sounds kind of muddled. Well, it could be the the, the thing on it. It could be uh, a lot of things. The Italian. All right. Uh, well, Italian, but I like it for. It's easy to travel with, and it's you know fits in a case, and I'll just use it for now, and then I'll get back to my good year yeah the uh, italian mafia is cleaning up during the uh, economic crisis according to uh breitbart.com uh you know how much the italian mafia clears on an annual basis just in gross revenue estimated what 170 billion dollars a year in italy wow that's pretty good money yeah, and what and of course what's happening now is uh, and it's it's logical that this is taking place. You know, now that we have these, you know, what is the main business of the mob? The main business of organized crime is loan sharking. So you know, so they're they're doing double time on in the lo in the loan sharking business, but also um, where they make uh, most of their money is in the knockoff business. So they have uh, you know all the all the high 
high-value brands, uh, the bags, the sunglasses, all of that crap. Uh, they have that made especially uh, for them in China, probably in the same factories, of course, as the uh, as the real deal. And uh, yeah, no, I've always suspected that because there's occasionally you get. I mean, for one thing, when you take a look at a Rolex clone and a uh, or actually even bags and some of this other stuff, some of this stuff is obviously cheaper and it's not as high quality. But some, some of, of this stuff is undetectable. Yeah, it looks exactly the same. It's got and and what are they going to do? Are they going to uh, put molds together? And manufacturing lines to clone a watch that's exactly the same when you could just find somebody at you know who's already making that watch because they're all outsourced. Let's face it, mm-hmm. and then just say, hey, here's a here here's some money. I want you to make an extra thousand of these things or ten thousand. So when you, know, you, you wow, well, we can't afford that. You put a plastic top on it if you can't afford the glass, you know, or stuff like that. When you uh, when you read this article, which is in the show notes at uh, noagenda.mevio.com. Uh, you, you'll you'll really read through this and you go like, wow, man, the, the, everyone's got to know these guys are doing it. Now, I'm sure that they go to the top fashion designers or the, you know, you never hear, you know, any huge news about, oh, we rolled up this, you know, this huge counterfeit ring. You never hear about that because I'm sure they don't go after them. I'm sure it's just like, all right, that's the secondary market. Just let maybe they even need the secondary market to keep all the molds and everything in place for the for the real deal. It's, it seems like that's completely integrated. Yeah, I think so too. In fact, when I went to Korea, uh, not this last time, but just one time before, there's an area of town where they have all these uh, suitcases, and it's mostly for luggage and Eddie Bauer stuff and all this stuff. And it right. all seems like you know uh, pretty good quality stuff, and it's just like five bucks. <laughs> you know, it's everything's five bucks. Someone said, so yeah, the- no, I, I've always been convinced that there's some. With a lot of this, the clone stuff, it's just as good as the real stuff. In fact, a lot of people, in fact, I've, I got pretty good at identifying, especially Rolexes, because uh, I collected a number of them. And um, I would, every once in a while, I'd run into somebody who had a Rolex. I always like to look at people's Rolexes because the, the, there is one difference that, is that the real ones are usually made with a lot of gold. <laughs> and uh, they weigh more. And an assorted other bits of bling. So anyway, the... Uh, People would, you know, say, "Was that a real one?" You know, and and occasionally you'd get one that was obviously. My mom gave it to me for my thirtieth, you know, or whatever. We guess right. I got married. To, I, so you can't, you haven't got the guts to say, you know, I think it's a complete fake. <laughs> well, what's, so you know, yeah, yeah, it's fine, it's good, you know. You know, you from time to time, um, when I show up at airport security. Uh, you know, and I kind of know the drill. I got the laptop out of the bag. I got the belt off, and I know exactly. In the UK, you don't have to take your shoes off. And oh, by the way, uh, it doesn't go off even with my uh, with my boots, which you know do have metal in them, because uh, they have a separate um, uh, shoe X-ray machine. You know, so I'm taking everything off. But from time to time, they'll say, "Oh, you have to take your watch off." And and I always have to laugh at that. And I, and I always say, no, I say, I'm not taking my watch off. I'm not going to put my watch through your machine. So I can't keep my eye on it when it goes through that machine. And by the way, it will not set off the metal detector. Gold is not supposed to set off the metal detector. Well, not everyone here wears gold. You know, there's some, I've, saw, I've seen some... Uh some of the I was looking at I was in some foreign country and they had the, one of these metal detectors that you walk through and it had a um, it had some sort of a little gauge at the bottom and I asked the person about it. it was like a bunch of lights 
mm-hmm. and when you walk through it, it would the, a light would light up at in the vicinity of where something needed to be checked. In other words, it was the top of your head, the middle of your body, or your feet. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it, which I thought was a solution to you know, people taking off. The, I think taking off the shoes, which is has been spotty. Not everybody has to take off their shoes, but now they're making everybody take off their shoes for some reason. It's like, why am I taking off my shoes? I wear plastic shoes. Because, you know, are, because we had one douchebag who had like, I know, but they, tried to light his shoe on happened. fire. <laughs> even after... Remember <laughs> that guy? Yeah, yeah, the shoe bomber. <laughs> it's like one guy, you know, and, and he was unsuccessful. It didn't work. Like, oh, now take your shoes off. We got at Heathrow Airport. There's like 15 people extra working now just for the shoe x-ray machine, which you can totally bypass. You can, you know, I, I did it again on my way over. You go through the right-hand uh, passport control station, and then once you're through, you know, it, you can slip right off to the right of the, uh, of the queue for the shoes, and they never stop you. You just look. You fumble around with your passport until someone else is walking around. You wait for a diversion, and you walk right by. And they've, they've never questioned me. Yeah. It's nuts. Well, the whole thing. I mean, I, the, the San Francisco had this. I told the, the story before. I was I, went, I left out of San Francisco this time, but then I realized I left out. I didn't leave out of the international terminal. I left out of. Uh, I left out of the domestic terminal to go to Dulles, but I wanted to go through the. Uh, through the international terminal so I could go buy, you know, they have that machine with the micro beam or whatever the heck is the X-ray thing, that crazy thing. That yeah. The, uh, no, the, uh, the, the profile uh, capture, what do you call it? Yeah, whatever it is. And which I went through, I mentioned this before, but I'll mention Bi- it again. The bio- I walked through biometric, the- biometric profile. That's it. Well, no, it's, it's somehow, whatever it's called a micro something or other. But what? anyway, they, you go through it, and it says you, if you go through this, you won't get patted down. But when you go through it, you get more patted down because they wanted to see how good it did. I mean, that was the joke of it. You know, you got something. You got a comb in your back pocket. Yeah, you got a comb in my back pocket. So anyway, so I wanted to bypass it because they say you can go over the other way and get patted down. Like because I wanted to go over there so I could say, well, I'm going over here because I'd rather get patted down rather than going through that machine and get patted down. Why should I have to go through all that agony? Right. You're just a bitch. But uh, I got a nice, uh, I got a nice welcome home, Mister Curry, at uh, at uh, customs this time around. Oh, you did, yeah, in San Francisco. Yeah, welcome home, Mister Curry. What was interesting, you know, I was waiting for my bag, and for some reason, uh, and I, and I, I must say, I dislike it when you're when you're an upper class passenger and your bag comes off last. It seems like that should be done differently. Um, and they had the I've dog. Heard other people bitch about this. Yeah, I mean it's and and it's totally the the ground handling service. It's not actually even the airline. You know, that's but, because they see it and they kick it a couple yeah, times, drop do. it on the ground, and throw it. In. Hey, let's leave this one in last for this bastard. <laughs> this dickhead. Wow. Um, and so they had. The, I do. If I was working in a luggage thing, that's exactly what I'd do. Yeah. I put all that stuff aside, stomp, jump up and down on it, and throw it in so it makes sure it goes and comes out last. That's what I do. I mean, that's what you do when you're when you're working class. Well, that's very disappointing to hear, John. I'm just telling you, it's just a fact of life. So you're just gonna have to get used to it. So the so the um, so I'm waiting there for the bag, and they have the sniffer dog come out, which is a uh, beagle. At, uh, Did you ask them what kind of sniffer dog? I always ask them, and they always tell me. Well, I I didn't ask, and I was a little I was just preoccupied and annoyed that my luggage didn't show up. But apparently, it was not a drug dog because when I got into the hotel and I go to roll up uh, a nice little. Uh, bit of tobacco there i look inside my pouch and it's like 
As I'd forgotten to remove uh, uh, some uh, some herbs from the oh, pouch well, that on the party. That would have been very... So I guess it wasn't a drug dog. If it was a drug dog, it's a real shitty drug dog. He's no good. <laughs> and, I wa- and I wonder, how, you know, how far away can they, sn- can they sniff stuff You know, from miles away? I mean, how does that work? The drug dog can smell things from about, it looks like about a two, two or three foot radius. Well, they would have, would, any good drug dog would have spotted your, your, what you had brought in illegally. What, you know, my advice, by the way, my advice? Yeah. Don't do that again. Yeah, but I didn't do it on purpose. I had to leave in a hurry. You know, it's like my plans changed. What was it doing in your suitcase in the first place? It wasn't, then? it wasn't in my suitcase. It was in my pocket, in my jacket pocket. Oh, you yeah. just walk around with all the time. Okay, that makes sense. I'm, I'm a lucky bastard. Hey, someone sent me a great clip. Um, I don't have the... Uh, do I have the Shadow Puppet Theater jingle? Uh, I'm sorry, I don't have it here. It was probably... A, by the way, the Beagle was probably a bomb dog. No, I think it was an agriculture dog. I think he was, you know, he was just looking for like nuts and bananas and apples and shit like that. Could be. They're, those are the three dogs. They have yeah. an egg dog, a bomb dog, and, and a, a drug, drug dog. dog. Yeah. No, I got a welcome home, Mr. Curry. You're, you're good to go. That was really nice. So um, this is a like a minute and a half. It's uh, Barney Frank, who uh, I, you know I, I just despise this guy so much because he's such a dick, and he's sitting there and he's he's helping the 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 bankers screw us out of all of our money and my kids' money and my kids' kids' money. And I want you to listen to this clip uh, of Barney Frank, who is the chairman of the, uh, is it the Banking and Finance Committee, I think it's called? Yeah, something like that. Uh, talking about uh, Fannie and Freddie Mac in 2005. Let me just uh, get this started. It's uh, a YouTube clip. Oh, of course, now it's not going to play. Ah, here we go. Come on. Ah. Yeah, this is uh, June 27th, speech on the I am very pleased to join in support of this resolution. Indeed, I was a uh, prime co-sponsor. The main sponsor is our colleague from California, Mr. Miller, who comes to Congress with a distinguished record himself in building homes. And this is a very important resolution, particularly at this time, because we have, I think, an excessive degree of concern right now about home ownership and its role in the economy. Obviously, speculation is never a good thing. But those who argue that housing prices are now at the point of a bubble seem to me to be missing a very important point. Unlike previous examples we have had where substantial excessive inflation of prices later caused some problems. We are talking here about an entity, home ownership, homes, where there is not the degree of leverage that we have seen elsewhere. This is not the dot-com situation. We have problems with people having invested in business plans for which there was no reality. The people building fiber optic cable for which there was no need. (laughs) Homes that are occupied may see an ebb and flow in the price at a certain percentage level, but you're not going to see the collapse that you see when people talk about a bubble. And so That's what I wanted you to hear. Yeah, well, the guy's a, he's a, he's a visionary. 
<laughs> He's freaking Scooby-Doo is what he is. So, you know, we just got to bring this up from time to time because these guys are such shysters, such liars, such just such scum of the earth. They'll, they'll lie and cheat and steal and do anything, and we just sit by like a bunch of freaking slaves and let it come over us. It pisses me off. Well, the, one of the problems is because of the news cycle. You know, that's the thing that we try to do here, which is to m- remind people, you know, over and over again, because they forget. They want to forget. Nobody wants to They, they want to forget. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and, and f- people forget after two weeks. I mean, it's like, oh, well, whatever. You know, there's no follow-up. There's no nothing. So, indeed, that, that is, uh, that's what you're paying for, ladies and gentlemen. That's what your donations to the No Agenda Armory are all about, is for, to, uh, to, to remind ourselves once in a while what has actually happened so we're not like the frog that is getting slowly cooked in the boiling water well that may not be true either but the uh it's then that by the way that's no i'm sorry uh slash na we do need some uh, contributions to keep the show going oh by the way which brings up a point oh and also the noagendalibrary.com is another good place to go uh so somebody wrote in and said hey you guys uh can you go back to once a week because you, this 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 is too much material for me every you know to have these two shows and I just said well I didn't really think we were ever going to go back to once a week but because uh, we want to go to three times a week and if we can get enough money uh, but now I'm thinking well what if he's not the only one who feels this way do 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 does people do people want this once a week like maybe longer or do they want twice a week or do they want three times a week so we need to we need to get some input on that. Well, I, 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 from time to time, I'll get an email that says, oh, you know, usually it's their own personal situation. Um, you know, they don't have enough commuting time. But the point is, this is, this is chewing gum. This is, you know, disposable. When, uh, you know, the, the news that we're talking about today will probably not be any good tomorrow or the day after. And if it is, then we'll just bring it up again and there'll be a follow-on. You don't have to listen to every single show, I guess is the point. Nor is that possible. I don't even think it's desirable that you listen to every single show. Um, but in order to grow any type of critical mass in uh, in audience, we have to – we, we re- actually have to have a minimum of three shows a week to really break through. Now, we just can't uh, – you know, this, we just don't have the – we have to yeah, no, give, I agree. Give, give up other things to to move to to three to three days a week, which is why we're working on the donation system. Um, but I, I I fundamentally disagree, and I and I just like to say, you know, you know, this is not like your typical podcast where you know you you just have to listen to it and it's the highlight of the week. I mean, this is not just entertainment. This is something that you should, you know, when you have the time, you tune into and you and you and you get important information. But you can come in and and go out. You know, it's not. You you might miss some good story about uh, the adult video awards, but you know. Yeah, but it's not a life and death. No, it is for Stoya. By the way, she she's got a website. I think it's just Stoya or something like that. You should check her out. She's got a, a, a she has what I would call a uh, a nice body. I think I have her on the the pay per view channel. You know, all, I'll uh, I'll check. I'm reliably. She's been I'm, in a lot of movies. I'm reliably informed she might be on my pay per view channel. And apparently, she's got a she's a Twitterer, so she's on. You can you there, know I don't. There, there's a number of I, uh, of porn stars who are Twitter strippers that are that are on mm-hmm, Twitter. It mm-hmm. seems like uh, you, you know, know. I guess people follow them. I, I noticed. I checked a few of them out, and most of the information is dull. You know what's? Uh, I saw something really fun the other day. There's an account. Let me see if I can find it because I am subscribed. 
it's uh, I think it's like erotic London or something like that. But uh, someone has hooked up uh, Twitter to Craigslist, and when someone posts in the sex services on Craigslist, which of course are basically all hookers, um, then you get a tweet <laughs> for your location that you're subscribed to. Now wait a minute, give me this again. Okay, so. You know, on Craigslist, you have the uh, uh, erotic services division, which is where right. all, the, all the hookers uh, post their, uh, you know, new in town, uh, available tonight. So you can subscribe yeah. to... Passing think, through. Yeah. <laughs> Hot babe in town, one night only. You can subscribe to uh, a, a Twitter account, and I think it's Erotic London. Let me see if that's right. Hold on. So this is for the London hookers. Yeah. So there's one for Amsterdam. There's one for every city, basically. Let me just see if that's the one. Erotic London. Mm. No, I'll if I, I'll find it and I'll put it in the show notes. So the minute someone posts a um, uh, a, a new ad in that category, then you get a, a Twitter about it. It's interesting. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> if you're out whoring around. <laughs> Well, so, uh, it, it, although you know, yeah, yeah, I wondered that you could probably rig that. I mean, I, you know, you'd, you'd set that up and you'd have your little stable. Yeah, of and course, then, you'd have yours at the top. Are you kidding me? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it's a scam. Absolutely. So there was well, my a, son. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, please. You go ahead. No, please. No, you go ahead. Please. So my son uh, sent me a critique. I guess he listens to the show once in a while. Now, which son and is this? Is this uh, is this uh, JJ or is this Eric? John. Mm-hmm. And so he, we don't call him JJ. Yeah, I do. So, so he, go ahead. So he uh, is turned into the Yo Agenda guys, apparently. Oh, he's now against us, and, and he's... no, he's not against us. He just thought he would. Now he's giving us because he, he types so fast. I've talked about this before. I mean, he puts together, like, you know, he's just like ridiculous. But anyway, so he's got a couple of things here. That or he's complaining about. And one of them is this, is the following. He's at, and he's got it marked at one oh seven dot zero zero. He says, "Dad, it isn't cool to publicly like Family Guy anymore." Oh, which I didn't know. I didn't know this so, either. Yeah. This is this is. Important. I guess the kid the kids know this stuff. Yeah, this is. So a... I can't public. I can like it, but I can't publicly like it. <laughs> this is uh, definitely a. And now, back to real news. You may no longer like Family Guy. What is supposed to be cool then? What are we allowed, what are we allowed to like? Uh, he doesn't say. He, this is it. This is today's, today's kids. They're all just negative. Uh, he talks about the metal detector and the G phone. And he doesn't know what he says there. I freaked the guys out at the office, our, uh, our engineering geeks, when I showed them that. They couldn't yeah. believe it. Yeah, they're like, how does that work, man? How does that work? I said, well, of course, uh, if you were listening to No Agenda, you would know that there's an electronic compass in the G-Phone. So he mentions that we should probably try to get some sound clips of, of old Jerry Brown, who used to be the governor of California and is running again and is a crackpot. You know, they call him Moonbeam out here or in California. And uh, he might have a good point there. Acid Rain, he says, is still around, and he just goes on and on with some other stuff like... Uh, New World Order to poison bacon to well, what sustain. He, what, he, what he should do, and what I would suggest, is there's you know there's a couple of ways you can interact with this show. 
there's obviously still a lot of use, noagendadrop.com, which is where you can chat during the, uh, you can chat at any time, in fact. Um, but you can also drop in news. And if, if there's something that you, you know, feel is incorrect, you know, please put some information in there so everyone can see it. There's also noagendaforums.com, which, uh, another one of our listeners slash producers uh, maintains. Um, and then we have an IRC channel coming up. Yeah, that, but we're not going to launch that until we're both back in our respective uh, uh, bunker and uh, and command centers. Yeah, so right. you know, but uh, no agenda forums, I think, is probably a good idea to go and have uh, conversations. And you know, he shouldn't just be writing letters and sending them to you. He should post that publicly. You know, we're obviously not going to be right about everything. In fact, we're probably more wrong about things than we're right about them. Um, exactly. <laughs> You're probably wrong about that. <laughs> Which means we're right more often than not. <coughs> you know what I'm saying? So the Village Voice, which uh, I think still has significance in New York, doesn't it? It used to be the, the the newspaper you had to read if you wanted a job or if you wanted a place to live in the city. Um, but I think it's still very relevant uh, when it comes to news. Would you agree? Uh, I wouldn't disagree. There's this, um, and this is on the... Uh, on the uh, on the website, obviously, it's um, a letter from a reader, and it, it's 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 too long to read the whole thing. But what this guy is saying, in fact, the title of the article is Nat- "Nazi Pentagon Experiments in Queens." And for several years now, residents in Queens have been receiving electrical shocks. Um, to their bodies uh, while they're in bed, they've got uh, they feel pinpricks, they get headaches. But listen, and it's all honey. What was that? And it's all shut when, up and go back to bed. You know, so they have helicopters hovering overhead, and these people literally wake up in the middle of the night, and they can feel their skin being being zapped by uh, which. Of At least course, they're doing it in Queens. <laughs> Well, I don't know why they chose Queens specifically. Well, there's a lot of good reasons, probably. But this is the uh, – if this is true, this sounds completely like the uh, – Completely nuts. That was the electromagnetic – po- And look, dude, there's like – all these neighbors are are confirming all this shit is happening. Uh, this has been going on since uh, 2003. And, and as recent as – here, Tuesday, he has like a little um, running uh, diary. Tuesday, April 21st, 2009, 3.32 a.m., tap on the comforter over left knee, plane overhead, woke up from my sleep. 4.51 a.m., thud on comforter over both knees, then a moving wave travels longitudinally up the comforter, the distance of one foot from the knees to the thighs, w- wakes me up again, aircraft still overhead. And then, you know, the, the feel, and then, and the, there seems to be a, a high number of people who have died of brain cancer in uh, in this Queens neighborhood. This is this is really uh, pretty crazy stuff. And if it wasn't that it published in the Village Voice, I would have maybe dismissed it a little uh, more easier. But you mean t- if it was published published in the New York Times, you would have just written it off? Yeah, exactly. So uh, check that out in the uh, in the show notes because you know my stance. Yeah, we need on, to follow uh, up on that one. I'm going to. Well, I'm hoping people. I'm sure we have listeners in New York, and and maybe we have a few in Queens. But it's just it's an outrageous account of what these people have been going through for years, and uh, 
and it's uh, concerning. <laughs> yeah, eight thirty p.m. Pinprick to the right hip, plane overhead. Electrical shock to my neck at eight forty-three, plane overhead. Both legs involuntarily move for one second as if electrical current has been applied to them. <laughs> hmm. Maybe it's just the one guy. You know, we had these, you know, that's like the guy who gave us the 5150. You know, we there are these people out there, and anyone who's worked with the public in a, in a government agency, they run into them because they're always calling in and complaining about this sort of thing. You know, you go over there, and the guy's got aluminum foil plastered all over the walls and a thing on his head, and he's always pointing here and pointing there saying, yeah, they got a beam coming in from the window, and they're trying to bake me over here and on one thing or another. Right, but see, I don't don't write those guys off. (laughs) I really don't. Yeah, well, you should, should, well, maybe you do hang out with them. I'm not sure, but... uh, while you're, I find uh, them to be. I find them to be hard to deal with. To be honest about it. they for one thing, they're so sincere, and then and they're looking for someone to believe them. That it's like it's kind of I don't know. I feel uncomfortable around those folks. Sorry for you out there. I'm sure there's a few of them listen to the show. I would hope so because they're the only true connection to what's going on. <laughs> Send all your crazy shit to me. I won't call you a nutcase. While you're in the Netherlands uh, and uh, in the Amsterdam area, you might want to go, uh, uh, we already discussed this, you might want to go uh, check out the museums. Uh, as you know, um, was it uh, Goldman Sachs who was uh, call, uh, recalling the, uh, or, or basically taking possession of the bend in the Herengracht painting by Rembrandt? Right, the one at the Rijksmuseum. Well, now ABN AMRO... Uh, says, hey, we have a painting that we need to remove from the exhibit as well. The self-portrait of Rembrandt uh, is now uh, part of a uh, <laughs> another multimillion-dollar uh, claim. So all these, all these. Yeah, well, that painting's been around. It's a self-portrait I'm thinking of, which is the one where he's kind of middle-aged. Yeah, with, with a hat, darker. He's, he's with a hat. hat. Yeah, I have a, I actually have a fairly good uh, copy of that painting uh, painted in China that I picked up uh, when I was in. Uh, Jammin, and they, I went to the shop that has all these. You know, they're all a copy shop, and he had. And he, it's interesting because some of these paintings of these copyists uh, in China. And there's just this one company has 250 of these guys that are just painting stuff constantly. And uh, I was going through the paintings to take some that I, I thought were pretty cool, and he laid out about 10 of these Rembrandt self portraits. And uh, one of them, you know, you could look at one to the other to the other to the other, and you so, you've seen the painting enough times, you said, that's the one I want. And you grab it, and it's like 50 bucks. And it's a nice painting. It looks good in the hall. But uh, the weird thing about it, which is the reason I want to tell the story, is that they also, there's some guy in China that does nothing but Mona Lisa. And this guy, this guy is pathetic. He has never hit Mona Lisa. The, I swear to God, I saw 20 pictures of Mona never, Lisa. Never really looked like it, huh? And every one of them is like her eyes are too close together, her forehead's wrong size. She's got what happened is she got a hair lip. Yeah, I mean it's one thing after another. And she's not really like, that cute to start with, but you know, put her eyes too close together and give her a hair lip. It doesn't take much; it's just a millimeter difference. That Mona Lisa painting is actually hard to copy. No I, kidding. I mean, I've seen copies of it that are fair, but this guy, this guy, is just specializes. I I don't know if he's ever hit it ever. So he needs. Just to finish on the story, so this uh, this Dutch multimillionaire who uh, secured a uh, a multi million euro loan with um, 
with this Rembrandt uh, painting. So this is a whole separate case from the from the one we talked about on the last show. Um, he is not behind on his payments. He hasn't defaulted, but apparently the bank thought it was necessary to uh, file a lawsuit to ensure that their lien would be valid. It's actually ABN AMRO and J.P. Morgan Chase. Uh, so they're out there embarrassing this guy, saying, "Oh, oh yeah, hey, you know, if this guy, this guy defaults on his loan, then that painting's ours." I mean, this it it, it just has a kind of a disgusting feel to it. This uh, this whole uh, this whole art uh, as collateral thing. Art is supposed to be for everybody. Yeah, or the owner. Yeah. So you might want to go so, take a look at the painting before it's uh, gone. I've seen, I was there last time I was in the town is when I went to the Reichs Museum and I and I saw it then. I mean I could go back and take one more look and say goodbye painting. <laughs> goodbye. I don't, there's other <laughs> museums I haven't seen. Have you ever been to the Modern Art Museum, the State Look? Uh, no. As a matter of fact, the only two the only museums I've been to in Amsterdam were the Reichs Museum and the uh, and the uh, Van Gogh Museum. Yeah, you should go to the uh, the Stadelijk. It's right. It's right around the corner. It's the modern uh, the Museum of Modern Art, and uh, probably my favorite exhibit, which I think is on permanent display, is uh, "Who's Afraid of uh, Red, White, and Blue," which is just this massive painting of a red, a white, and a blue stripe. Sounds fascinating. Yeah, it is. Color field paintings always have a kind of a uh, I don't know. Unless they're done right, they're pretty hard to take. So a guy sent, Michael Cosme sent us another photo, which I think I'll send to you so you can put it in the show notes or put it on the on the webpage. And he says he's going to send one every time he sees this. That this is these, to- these towers that are cropping up in Manhattan that look like a, it's hard to say what they look like. They look like a sniper. It's, a, it's like some sort of a thing that's like an elevator with a, with a, with a, like a booth on the top of it that he calls a sniper's uh, tower. And it's for, I guess, crowd control or something, even though I don't see any holes where, the, where a gun can come out and shoot people. But the NYPD has these things all over the place. You know what I'm talking about? No, I have no idea. Oh, well, let me send, send you me this. The picture? Yeah, send me the picture. Let me take a look. Let me just forward this to your email. It'd be easier because it's in an email. Oh, okay. and I ha- so anyway, it's a... Uh, yeah, he he's been finding these things, and I told him to send them all, and he's been sending. Uh, I guess we haven't passed it along, but we need, you need to post this so um, people can say. I'd like to find out what they are. I mean, maybe we should call New York City and find out what the heck's going on with these things. But anyway, you'll get it in a second. So, what else you got on your list? Um, I'm looking for the audio uh, or preferably video, so I, I'm not going to read this whole thing because I have the transcript, um, but I'm, uh, I'll, I'll do it on our next show. Uh, maybe someone can help me find the, uh, find the actual uh, source material of Al Gore lying to Congress. Um, Representative uh, Blackburn was questioning Al Gore at the global warming legislation hearings which, you know, we talked about this. So now watch out because here it comes. Here come all the taxes on uh, on everything that emits carbon, including the actual words coming out of your cake hole. And uh, and he talks to, uh, I guess it's a he, right? Blackburn? I think I so. Think so. He, um, he talks Gore completely into a corner, basically making him say or admit that he is profiting 
from uh, from all of uh, his his green initiatives. And and it's a and just reading the transcript, it's it's beautiful. But what happens is, uh, so here it is. Uh, I'll just read this. So you're a partner at a venture capital firm. Uh, they've invested a billion dollars in 40 companies that are going to benefit from cap and trade legislation. Remember that. So is the legislation that we're discussing here today, is that something you are personally going to benefit from? And then so the transcript goes, Al Gore, sigh. I believe that the transition to a green economy is good for our economy and good for all of us. And I've invested in it. You need to have the lisp in your voice to make that really work. And I can just see him sighing just like a 12-year-old. I know. That, that's, what, that, that's exactly why I want to have the, the, the real source material. So I have invested in it. But every penny that – I can't do the lisp. Uh, not even uh, – no, no. Every Stop. penny that I've made, I've put into a nonprofit, the Alliance for Climate Protection, to spread awareness of why we have to take on this challenge. And, and Congresswoman, there you go, Congresswoman, if, you're, if you believe the reason that I have been working on this issue for 30 years is because of greed, you don't know me. And then Blackburn comes back and says, no, sir, I'm not making accusations. I'm asking questions that have been asked of me and individuals, constituents, that were seeking a point of clarity. So I'm asking, and then, I'll, and then so here it comes. Every penny that I've made has gone to it, my nonprofit. Every penny from the movie, the book, uh, from any investments from renewable energy, I've been willing to put my money where my mouth is. Do you think there's something wrong with being active in business in this country? <laughs> so he immediately throws the, you know, is, is doing business bad? So he's, he's out and outright lying that it's all in a nonprofit because it's not. He's making tons of dough off of this. And he left the White House with $2 million uh, reportedly in his pocket. And now he, he so far has invested $35 million of his own money in uh, for-profit endeavors. And he's sitting there to, to, saying to Congress, no, 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 this is all nonprofit. Unbelievable. Yeah, well, everyone who listens to the show know that we're no fans of Al Gore. Do we have to uh, talk about any uh, nights of the No Agenda Roundtable other than the 1081 quest, which uh, you? Do you have the 1081 email uh, handy because I can't. I'm looking for it now and I can't find it. Yeah, I can probably find it. Um, why don't you? Why don't you set it? No, up? we have no more new nights, and this is disappointing. But um, if anyone wants to be a knight of the No Agenda Roundtable, oh, make sure to give us a thousand dollars for the show, and then you're. You become one. We're sorry. It seems there's a problem. Please try using Gmail with a supported browser. What? <sighs> what browser did you use? It's Safari. Of course it's a supported browser. Well, that's odd. Nah, this happens. You know, Google Gmail has changed a couple things. They also changed the way they do their attachments. So now there's like a little flash thingy in there. When you attach a file, it uploads the file to the server first before it sends the email and i've and i've seen online lots of people have this problem they attach a file you wait for you know like 3 minutes and it's almost done and then it'll say oh attachment failed and and you can't fix it yeah yeah you have to blow out your entire cache like i'm not going to do that you know i'm going back to pop mail i'm getting sick of the the slowness of imap you know the whole thing it's ridiculous yeah so the 1081. That the thing that really bothers me is that I can't do IMAP while I'm flying around in an airplane. Um, I know I could have the combination. Well, thing you, where you, I could, yeah, you, 
but I don't do that because the other thing is that the, I was using Thunderbird and I got sixty five thousand messages on my pop or my IMAP account. The right. thing chokes at sixty five thousand messages. It goes, ugh, I can't have any more messages. I can't take some messages out. Yeah. So he takes the messages out. It doesn't change. It still says you can't deal with it. Once it, once some flag is triggered, it seems to me that the thing just won't won't doesn't want to talk to you anymore. It's like a jilted lover. Yeah, that, and I can't find any any clients that are any better. Well, what, what's what's worked really well for me is uh, as you know, I'm doing the command line thing. Mutt, uh, you can figure that with with IMAP, and then you can set up a little cache directory for your header files and stuff like that. So hey, hey, I don't care about it. this. Is ridiculous. <laughs> Go ahead, gooey boy. You old, go ahead and be slow. So Nobody's t- going to do what you suggest. You no, know, uh, lots of people are doing what I suggest. Yeah, all thirteen of them. So, um, let me look for that email. It was. Uh, do you remember the guy's name? Oh, you know, I had, if I was at my house where I have his name scrawled on the wall with a uh, with a can of spray paint, which I have all the nights, by the way. Are on the wall of my office with spray can paint across the wall. That's how I remember their names. I can't remember names, so I have to spray can paint them. Wait a minute. You 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 spray paint your wall with the names of the knights. Yeah, with a can of Krylon black. Okay. What's wrong with that? No, nothing. Don't you do that? <laughs> Gee, no. Huh. What uh crap, I don't know. I don't I don't know. Oh, okay. Well, we did get a lot of uh people thinking they knew what it was. Uh, they're all wrong. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's the most interesting one from John W. Kitts who sends us lots. Well, I know of... how I can find. It. Let me see if I can go on the PayPal account and then get his yeah, name okay. again. You, you do that and I'll read uh, some of the wrong answers. So, we got a, a donation of $1,081 from uh one of our three uh, Knights of the No Agenda Roundtable. And of course, the numerology thing is uh, is is just beautiful because it uh, it gives us a, a way to get big numbers out of people. And uh, John W. Kitts sent in uh, his thought why this ten eighty one was an interesting number uh, from the official ten code list Association of Public Communications Officers. Uh, so you have ten four, obviously, is uh, is Roger or uh, affirmative. You have ten twenty one, which is uh, what is your location. And 1081 is a, co- a code for the breathalyzer, which I thought was a, a good... Oh, uh, that's not bad. Yeah, I, I like the answer. It wasn't what it was, but it's, it's yeah. very creative. And didn't we have a 5264? Uh, maybe. But you know, somebody pointed out something interesting, which was uh, some of these people who are donating from Europe... The money may be coming in as some oddball number because of the change from euros to uh, oh, good to dollars. Good point. And we might be like interpreting these things when it's really like <laughs> the guy gave us fifty bucks, but it came in as a forty-two sixteen or something. We're saying, well, it's a year of the Star Trek episode on number three. <laughs> well, here's my favorite one. So the fifty-two sixty-four. Uh, add 52 and 64, that gives you 116. Read 116 upside down and you get 911. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. Uh, yeah. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. Let's see if I can actually access my PayPal account here from Holland. Because 90% of the time, any time, unless I'm on that one machine at home, 
It tells me to screw myself. You're a criminal. Let's see what we got here. How much does PayPal take off the top of those donations? They take up. They take too much. Of the, you know that the the rip off, and we should probably discontinue this. Is the two dollar a month thing? It's better to do twenty four dollars a year because the two dollars a month thing they take they take like thirty cents or something. It's like it's ridiculous. Totally jacked. And then they take thirty cents off the twenty four. I mean, it's just like it's all going to PayPal. Okay, so I'm. Uh, I got into my. Uh, I got into no, my email, and I think uh, get on. the guy's yeah. name is Steve. Steve, can we, can we give his name or not? Of who? No, it's not Steve. The guy, the the no agenda night. Shit, it's not Steve. I don't have the spray can here. Okay, Sorry. I got it. It's Michael. There we go, Michael. Can I give his last name? Yeah, Michael Zelina. I'm sorry. That's Sir, it. My, Sir Michael. Zelina. Sir Michael Zelina. Sir That's Michael right. Zelina. I knew, I knew that. Yes, and and when and of course you you had to tell me uh, after the last show because I was going to pull my hair out. And um, yeah, but wait, let me let me tell give some people a briefing. After I told you, and you're going to hear one of the most convoluted things in your hit in your life. Adam says, oh, man, I was going there. I was no, getting it. I yeah, was almost no, no, there. No. I would have come up with that. And not completely. Shit. I would have come up with, because I knew it was going to be some some geeky thing. I knew it. So, Sir Michael Zelina, I'll just read his, uh, I'll read his email. Characters are represented as numbers in ASCII encoding. This is the part I would have gotten to because I have I've ha- I have had to deal with ASCII codes uh, doing a lot of this command line stuff. So, for example, the letter L is 76. So, if you look up the letters in the table for, <laughs> and here it comes, look and listen, uh, you come up with a series of numbers like 76, 79, 79, 75, 76, 79, 79, 75, 76, 73, 83, 84, 86, 88. So if you add them up, um, so he, he just wanted to do look and listen, but he wanted to make sure we got over $1,000, so he made it look, listen, look. And if you add all of the ASCII codes of look and listen and look together, you get 1,081. Yeah. That, yeah, and you were headed there. I was, I, <laughs> I was, I was definitely headed there. Yeah, you almost, you almost got it. Yeah. Anyway, and you heard all the other answers. I think the drunk driving was even better. He was uh, involved in uh, in campaigns uh, against uh, genetically modified uh, food, and uh, he he wholly, uh, fully supports what we're doing here on No Agenda to uh, keep people aware of uh, how we're getting screwed. Did you? There was a good news story last week about how the Indians. I think I twittered it. I don't think I blogged it about how the Indian uh, in India they have they have uh, somehow talked these poor Indian farmers into giving up their normal uh, seeds in favor of Monsanto seeds. Weren't it like fifteen hundred suicides or something from these? Yeah, there's a lot of suicides because these guys are going broke. What happens is you get. Something like one tenth as many seeds for your for your investment, and the seeds which are supposed to grow ten times faster and give you a huge crop, they all the crops or many of the crops failed and never grew for crap. They were junk, and so these guys are basically wiped out. And because uh, I don't see you know you don't have Monsanto going in there with micro loans by any means, yeah. and uh, so it's like a big scandal in India. 
And it's, and it's about Monsanto. I think Monsanto should uh, should uh, rethink their strategy. Well, I think I think their I think their their strategy is now just starting to unfold. I think they're just loving it right now. I don't think they give a a, a crap. And uh, they're all over the administration, who of course are now in their 100 days. That's another big uh, real news story over here. And uh, I would have to say, just scanning across the dial, the president uh, gets uh, very high marks from. Uh, from the media, who uh, are apparently representing the uh, the people, and yeah, the uh, media representing the, the government. So there's another one that was interesting. I ran into uh, actually, I have to look him up now. But the guy who uh, you know, there's a there's a report that came out that you know Merck had this product called. This is a drug company now had this product called Vioxx, which apparently was, you know, killing people. Yeah, that was the the, the, the painkiller that uh, w- was actually k- killing the pain for real. Yeah, well, it worked. <laughs> yeah. Except when you got a stroke, that didn't help. Um, so anyway, let me see if I can find this, because i got to get the guy's name right. This, anyway, the CEO at the time, and I was, you know, when you had, there was a bunch of, they unturned when they had during the Discovery, which is a real problem for these companies, you know, they don't like to get sued because Discovery is like a nasty thing, bites you in the butt. Yeah. So they found some memos from the marketing department, and or maybe it went as high as the CEO, but it's hard to say, but it, everything's a reflection of the CEO when it comes down to it, who says that we, you know, there's doctors that are, are not prescribing Vioxx, and we have to destroy them, ruin oh, their reputation. Oh, yeah, no, I... S- oh, shit. You okay? <laughs> I think he just fell off. Oh, somebody just grabbed My Alan Vioxx. and came out the window. Uh, uh, <laughs> they're trying to take me out back, John. I'm getting two to the head. Uh, no, I did read this, that they had the, the hit list memo. We gotta, we've got to discredit them, destroy them, got, get rid of these doctors. And, of course, Vioxx is the shit that wound up killing lots of people. Oh, I know, man. This is, it's a freaking outrage. Yeah, here's the kicker. I, the kicker is i got to get this guy's name. Maybe somebody, well, I could tweet, tweet it. But what, uh, the guy who then retired like two years after the, you know, the crap hit the fan regarding this stuff. He wanted to stay in. He, he was wrecking the company anyway. He's a board director at Microsoft. Oh, yeah. Of course. I just found it abhorrent. I mean, and the funny thing is, I, was, I, I have to get his name because I think we should talk about this guy every so often. Because if as a CEO, he wants to go out and discredit people and try to destroy their lives. I think we should just hound him. I mean, somebody should do it to him, don't you think? I, I've, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I've been here for three days, and I can just feel throughout my whole body how we've lost that 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 public media fight, John. There is just no, you know, in, in China, yeah, you know, hey, you put shit in the in the, in in baby food, ah, we're gonna kill you. We we string you up publicly, and we sentence you to death. Here, it's like you can. What about the peanut butter guy? What happened to him? Do we hear anything about that dude? Yeah, whatever happened to him? No, the nothing. guy's name is Raymond V. Gilmartin, and he's one of the, he's the former chairman, president, and CEO of Merck and Company when they put out the memo to destroy the doctors' reputations. So he's a he is a member of the Microsoft board along with listen, you know, people that I don't know why these people are even on the board except for James Marquardt. Uh, she, there's a woman from Harvey Mudd College. There's a chairman of the board of BMW, an AT&T guy, 
a uh, guy from J.P. Morgan Chase, or woman from J.P. Morgan Chase. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, that, okay, whatever. Just a screwy board. No wonder the company's in trouble. Are they really? They had their first down quarter ever, in ever, all their history. Ever, ever, yeah. Ever. Well, I think it's finally coming to fruition. And uh, actually, I'm giving a, uh, a speech at uh, uh, college in New Jersey. And, of course, I don't remember which one it is. Um, this week, you get I, the spray can out. You can remember more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the hotel will love me for it. Um, and I'm and I think I'm going to lay it out on the line for him because this is about uh, music licensing and the music business in general. And you know, for, anyway, I'm doing a favor for a guy and so a friend of mine. So I'm going to go uh, talk to them. But you know, uh, 15, 20 years ago, when when the internet was just kind of this thing that was emerging. In fact, when it was still rude to just jump into a news group and post something without having read through the netiquette of it all, and certainly no commercial messages. Remember those days? Oh, um, yeah. And then if you did it, you'd be flamed to death if you violated the oh, rule. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, dude, when I registered MTV.com, people hated me. Oh, oh, here it is. Now it's ruined. The Internet is ruined. We're bringing in commercialism. Um. But it, I think it's just coming to fruition. You know, uh, the the internet is is taking away everybody's business. It's uh, music business is dead. Uh, newspapers uh, dead on the vine. Television, movies, it, it it's just no stopping it. It is, it's just going to die away. Phone companies, you name it, and now everyone's jock. You know, uh, what was I reading about the uh, now the cable companies? You know, it's like. I think they're really uh, they're they're really in cahoots with the government at this point, and they're and they're really going to try and make uh, certain things just completely unaffordable, so that you can't you know you can't just stream a uh, a video if it's coming from outside the network or outside of whatever you, your package you're going to be able to buy into. It'll only be cheap if it's their shit. I mean, there's there's something afoot, and the, there's a lot of nastiness going on, and we're just letting it all pass by, and. Uh, well, we have to start complaining more. Hey, you know, this connection that we have seems to be pretty good. And I think it's interesting is that when I'm in the California and you're over in, in Europe, the connection is pretty good. And now I'm in Europe and you're in California, the connection is pretty good, even though you're at that hotel. Yeah. And But if I'm in, the, in California and you're at the hotel, it sucks. The hell is that all about? Yeah, isn't that interesting? Where if we're, if we're stones throw away, then it's no good. It, it, it must be something. Eh, well, who knows? Maybe we should swap computers. By the way, he's got a connection. Yan has a connection here, who, which is uh, he's got like 20 megabits per second coming into his house. Nice. And it's on DSL, and he's waiting for fiber where he can get even 30 megs. And he's paying like a buck 95 a month or something like that. No. Uh, what, 195? That's he's paying ex- 30 bucks. It's th- like 30 bucks 30 or something bucks. like that. Oh, man. I'm jealous. All right, John. Tell me what's uh, what's on the agenda for the next uh, for the next couple of days for you in Amsterdam. Uh, we're going to go take a look at the uh, <laughs> the miniature world. I hope. Ah, yeah, of course. <laughs> hey, you know the weather will be just as shitty there as in the real Holland. Actually, right now it's it, the, the sun came out. I mean, it was raining this morning, but now it's actually pretty nice. But, you know, I'm sure it's still going to be miserable most of the time. And then we're going to go, of course, to the giant party. Now, I didn't realize that that party, that, that the parties, the, the night parties for Queen's Day are the night before. Yes. See, I was doing some research because I was pointing out to somebody what I was up to. 
And then I, re- I looked at the re- at the page. It says the parties of the night before. And I'm thinking, wow, it's a good thing I read this. Oh, you, you, oh, no, if you showed up uh, on the evening of the 30th, you would have been severely disappointed. Now, the, the, so the, the way it works <laughs> is is the, the 29th, the night of the 29th is when you just party like a madman. And then you stumble home, you know, at uh, 7 in the morning. And, of course, beforehand, and, you, and I don't know if you can already see it, they may not have started yet, but people will mark out on the sidewalks, they'll mark out their spot with chalk, you know, and they'll put their name on it or their house number, like, okay, this is my spot, so uh, you can't take that, and it's like, like drawing little real estate lines. So you stumble- for this. Sorry, I'm sorry. Just this, this for selling stuff. Yeah, though, right? for selling stuff exactly. So you 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 stumble home around seven in the morning. You know, then you uh, you you get all your crap that you want to get rid of, and you throw it out on the street, and you sit down there on a blanket, and uh, and you wait for people to buy shit from you as they walk by. And then if they buy all your stuff, then you go walk around and you buy someone else's shit. It's a fantastic system. Somebody told me that the park there's a park that gets loaded up with stuff. Yes, the Fonville Park. Yeah. So um, yeah, so, so the party is uh, is you probably so the won't party's have to, the night before. Okay. Yeah, and you probably won't need to go there before ten. I mean, it won't get started. Does he even say what time it gets started? I'm it's, so it's, pissed off that I'm not there. God damn. Well, it's too bad, isn't it? So um, <laughs> yes, it doesn't say what time it gets started. I guess about midnight. Is that what you think? Yeah, probably. Uh, anytime okay. after anytime after 10 that'll make sense my girl's gonna hook you up she's gonna take good care but at of you. 10 at 10 there's nobody there you're saying no a, you after 10 not before 10 no nothing happens before 10 i was gonna go there at 6 30 <laughs> hi i'm here for the hi after, we're, we're the americans first i was gonna go to dinner at four because they have an early bird special and then i was gonna probably you know take a nap and then go to the party about six six thirty, and they then you know come all home you can eat salad bar, John. Perfect. Yeah. 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 Good luck with that. Enjoy that. <laughs> and uh, and definitely call Taxi Eric, man. He's uh, he's on standby. He's ready yeah, for okay. you. Okay. Well, yeah. Good. He's I ready. I got to send him at some point. All right. All right. Well, we'll see what I'll, I'll report back with photos. Yes. So I have this talking about. I want to make a public complaint. Okay. I got another one of these cards. This is the third or fourth time this has happened to me. I have a 16 gigabyte compact flash. I stick it into my camera. I take about 10, 15 pictures, and then it says, "Flash, you know, memory no good. It just stops working." Oh, I thought, yeah, and it breaks, and you can't recover your pictures. No, you can recover your pictures with some special software. I'm not worried about that. But I couldn't make any more photos. I have 16 gigabytes. Yeah, yeah. This flash, yeah, that's that's wonky. That flash. I've had that happen so many times. I'm now convinced that that's the reason that they never came out with those hybrid hard disks. Because I think hooking flash memory to a hard disk and having the stuff fail left and right. Yeah, it's just Even not it doesn't a... fail that much, but it fails too much considering what the mean time between failures is supposed to be with a hard disk. Yeah. It's just not, you know, it's not viable. I don't think anyone wants to admit it. I'm going to go get me a netbook today. You know, I did something oh. really I did something really stupid because I, you know, I'm all alone here in San Francisco and of course uh, you're not here so I have no nobody to play with on the weekend. So I'm like, you know, I'm going to go out and uh, you know, what what do guys do when you're when you're totally bored? You go out and shop, right? So uh so I uh I walk out. First I um I went to the uh, the leather store. I want to see if I get a new leather jacket. Oh, here we go. Some amazing shit. But no. But then, like, I use my G phone. I'm like, I'm going to be completely cyber. And I'm going to, so I, you know, I'm on market. And I say, okay, um, G phone, I'm looking for computers. And, it, you know, it gives me, uh, 
an address on uh, Van Ness. So, you know, uh, in, interesting walk from where I am. You know, it's about a, a mile and a half or whatever, two miles. <laughs> and you know where it took me? It took me to the Circuit City on Van Ness. Oh, that's funny. Which is, of course, closed. <laughs> yeah, of course, they're out of business. <laughs> they're completely out of business. And I walked two miles. I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> where can I go to get a netbook, John? At least you had a nice walk. Yeah, is there a place nearby that I can go? A, a computer store where you are? Yeah. No. Cool. Thanks. San Francisco, what do you expect? They got a lot of bars. <sighs> Coming to you from the uh, crackpot shithole hotel room my name is adam curry and coming to you from gitmo nation east aka holland i'm john c dvorak not quite sure when we're going to talk to you again because of the queen's day festivities but it will be this week sometime soon right here on no agenda <laughs>